Hey, Josh, it's your co-host from Lost in the Static, Scott. I'm also on another Pagan podcast and occasionally on World of Oblivion. Just wanted to say congratulations to you and Brad for one year of Radio Draw. Oh, and Jared, too. Hey, this is Ed Glazer congratulating you guys on hitting one terrific year of Radiodrome and wishing you many more. Josh, I want to congratulate you on a wonderful year of Radiodrome. It's been a terrific year. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed being on the show, and I hope that there are many more years of Radiodrome to come. I'm not going to play our entire theme song this week. It's been a year. This is our 52nd goddamn show. I think you guys know our theme song already, don't you? People know the theme song. Woo! A whole year! Yeah! You you don't get a year until, like, next month. They know it's the Hey! Well, actually, he's technically more than a year. Aha! Uh-huh. Count the originals. <laughs> Are any of us counting the originals? I didn't when I started renumbering these. Uh, they're, numbered, uh, they're numbered on my site. Just because I'm not going to have two different category archives for Radio Drome One and Radio Drome Two. This being a, a year-long celebration of our, of our one year, go to AdamandEve.com. Use the promo code Drome, and you get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free mystery gift, and free shipping, all for using the promo code Drome. We got a bunch of clips to play, but we want you guys to stick around. It's going to be a clip show, but it's going to be a fun clip show. Trust me on this, okay? Brad, do you remember back when we had a nice detailed little discussion on Auto Man and Nightman and our love for the Gary Larson series? It was. You mean Glenn Larson? Yes. <laughs> I remember, yeah, when we talked about the Far Side series. Those were some of the <laughs> hardest robots to beat on Mega Man 7. I swear, if I didn't have the right weapons... It, it was just it was just not going to happen. You couldn't beat Auto Man and Manimal? Yeah. Oh. No, Brad and I talked Manimal and Nightman right here. Remember Auto Man? Yep, uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. in a Tron ripoff. Yeah. They even <laughs> brought Auto Man back, sort of, on uh, um, Nightman. They did that, too, with Manimal. They did, the, they did it with Auto Man, too? Sort of. There was no, like, dialogue connecting them, but they had the Nightwoman crossover, or the Nightwoman storyline. Okay. And she had an Auto Man costume, and it was the exact same effect. The uh, the only episode of Nightman that I ever saw was the Manimal one. It's really the only one worth seeing. The, the Nightwoman ones are okay, but I would say the two Nightwoman episodes and the Manimal one are probably the only ones worth seeing. It was always one of those shows that uh, I would catch bits of it here and there, because it aired at like midnight or something. Uh, here and I, I'd be flipping channels and be like, "What's this?" See, well, no, I'm not watching this. So, Brad, you wouldn't watch Nightman at Midnight? What was that? Too late for your delicate sensibility, dude. I was, I was in my teens and just wanted to freaking masturbate. <laughs> and you <laughs> no, can't do I that. Wasn't. You couldn't do that to Nightman at mid, at mid, not not when I flipped channels over and I got Emmanuel the series on. Touche. <laughs> True. Uh, on that, on that same. Token, we do kind of show our love for Dennis Franz. Would you have masturbated to a various Dennis Franz series like Bay City Blues and Beverly Hills showed, Bunch? Showed his, showed his ass on NYPD Blue. No, yeah. th- this is the, this is the this is pre Blue. I'm gonna get me some good ass. <laughs> this is pre Blue because we had a nice little discussion. Do you remember back when we discussed Beverly Hills Bunch and Bay City Blues on the show, Brad? If not, here's nice. the clip. I've got Bay City Blues on tape. Nice! Do you have, uh, like, all the episodes? I've got... Or the, the four that aired? I've got the pilot and the four that didn't air. Oh, that's beautiful! Because the four <laughs> that didn't... Uh, okay, didn't air is not the right way to put it. They aired on some stations due to baseball rainouts. <laughs> so, like, literally maybe only 10% of the country got those last four. Man, I like that stuff. I... I, I Oh, I I love uh, Michael. I like. I've always been a big fan of Michael Nori, so I I, I enjoyed Bay City Blues. If <laughs> in terms of short-lived Dennis Franz series, I certainly liked it a lot better than Beverly Hills Bunts. I was just, you know what? I loved Beverly Hills Bunts. Beverly Hills Bunts. I've, I've got oh, eight man. of the nine aired episodes on tape. You've got them all. That's one eight that of I the need. nine. I, I'm missing num- episode four. Otherwise, I've got the other eight. It was certainly a uh, an interesting way to go with it, you know. Um, we, we I, I remember not particularly drama. caring for it. We mm-hmm. go from a hardcore drama to a half-hour comedy. 
do a zany comedy with him and uh, 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 the oh, Nick the Shill. Or no, what was what was the character's name? Uh, I think you're thinking of Phil the Shill from Miami Phil, Vice. I am. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Phil the um, Shill. Oh, it, the actor is Peter Jersik from Babylon Five. I can't think of what his character's name was though. And they even referred to Hill Street a couple of times. Well, the opening uh, didn't the opening credit sequence start out with him uh, slamming down his ba- the end like the the end of uh, Hill Street Blues. Yeah, him it, it slamming him, down the badge and punching. Him, yeah, it shows him punching the uh, the police chief. I still remember that lineup, man. That was that was my favorite uh, lineup in the '80s because it was uh, you had like Cheers, Night Court, and then Hill Street Blues. Thursday nights, I think. Yeah, I think well, it was Thursday Hill, nights. Hill Street was all over the map. You know, I, 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 I something on the back of the Columbia House t- tapes for Hill Street say that in the first season it aired on every single night of the week because they kept moving it. Oh, wow. One week it would be on Mondays, the next week it would be on Thursdays, and then it would be on a Wednesday, and then on a Tuesday. Then they'd try it on a Sunday because they kept trying to find the right time slot for it. It's the same tactic that <laughs> that canceled Manimal. Well, Manimal also. I mean, and keep in mind, I'm a fan, but as a critic, Manimal's not that good. <laughs> as a fan, oh, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah. On that level, it is. On the, a quality TV show, it's not so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Same with, um, same with Misfits of Science. Misfits of Science. So I mean, Brad, do you remember when our old Radio Drum episodes were just you and me just talking? We weren't even trying to do <laughs> anything. Now, we never talk. <laughs> I mean, we're just having random conversations, and we won't let Jared talk at all. <laughs> Something I think we should bring back. Does anybody else right now feel like they're on an episode of Family Guy? Oh, <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> Just for that, you get to listen to Brad and I talking about our love for Dennis Franz. <laughs> hey, remember Dennis that Franz time we talked about Dennis Franz? characters <laughs> on uh, Hill Street Blues. First is the, good, the crooked cop who they end up killing off and then coming back. Sal Benedetto. Uh, it's Sal, yes. He, he came was almost back like a, as Norman Bunce. But he was, Sal Benedetto was almost a prototype for Vic Mackey. Right. Years yeah. later. And he ended up committing suicide on the show. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He, during the, the bank holdup, they yeah. sent in the police robot and he shot himself. So, yeah, I mean, we love Dennis Franz. And I really do think, Brad, you could have masturbated to Dennis Franz. I, I, I don't think that would have been too out there. It's entirely possible. I've masturbated to Balder. <laughs> right, Jared? <laughs> Jared, are, are you just mad no one will watch the Salon Kitty with you? <laughs> no one wants to watch a, a Nazi exploitation with me. <laughs> that is a bummer, you know, when it's Christmas and you don't have anyone to watch Nazi exploitation with you. All right. Look, Jared, I, I do have to say, and I do mean this in every way that it comes out, you played a great neo-Nazi. A lot yeah. of people are saying the same thing. I, yeah, I actually was that, that. That really was one of your best performances. <laughs> it really was like, 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 not even joking. Like that, that is up there with uh, Carter from Game Boy. Nice. And I, I gotta say, I was really proud. At least I never noticed your accent waver at all. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, I am. I am. I. I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know what the fraction is, but I'm like mostly German. He is actually a neo-Nazi. I am. I am. <laughs> well, see, the, 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 only, the only thing is, I think you're also part Sasquatch. Good God, man. I, I, think, I think I'm part, like... Brillo uh, pad? <laughs> either Irish or Scottish. I don't know. Um, my, my dad's real name before he was adopted was Clayton. Because it's like, you know, Brad and I used to talk digital editions in movies. And I'm thinking, Brad, you need to digitally remove some of that body hair off of him. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, like, uh, sometimes, because uh, on that particular video, the 80s Dan Christmas one, I can usually tell with some of the comments when when they're like, uh, they say something like, Good God, I didn't know he was that hairy or what the hell, all that chest hair. Like, it's with those comments, I'm like, oh, okay, those people didn't see the human spider video. <laughs> like, you or can the, tell what videos they didn't see based on what comments they're putting. Or the geek. Uh, I did kind yeah, of dumb yeah, you, chest at, the end of the, at the end of the geek episode. Of course, that was a year and a half or so ago. Yeah. And I bet you're actually hairier now. Um, 
I don't want to know the answer. Like, don't answer that. I don't want to know the answer. Oh, wait, you know what's actually really interesting is uh, that picture of you you showed me that one time. It was a picture of you with hair on on, on your head, hair on Oh, back, right, back, back right. When you still, back when you still had hair. Right. And it was the funny, it was the most bizarre thing because you also, you were, I think you might have been wearing a tank top in the picture or something, but you had significantly less chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> he had significantly less chest hair, but hair on the top of his head. So the hair just moved? Apparently that's how that works. <laughs> so, it, so are you saying your head ate your hair and kind of sh it out through your chest? <laughs> Or he did the Beavis and Butthead thing and glued his hair to his chest, and unfortunately, it just didn't grow back. Damn, I'm smooth. Well, hey, Brad, if you ever want to make a were or a Sasquatch movie or even a werewolf movie, you know who your actor is. Speaking of digital editions, Brad and I had a discussion about this way back when. I think that this was shortly after the stupid uh, Janet Jackson thing, so everyone was like <laughs> ultra sensitive. Yeah, and they show like ABC would show like a Bond every week. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. And they uh, they digitally added a bra onto the back onto the back side of uh, I believe it was the girl at the beginning of uh, Goldfinger, who when he walks right. in and she's about to take a bath. Uh, they digitally added a bra to her backside. That's almost as bad as after 9-11, them digitally removing the World Trade Center from any TV show or movie that took place in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's as bad as that. Well, uh -huh. or, or even the banning of the lone gunman pilot. You, you the lone saw gunman that, right? pilot. You know, because that was 9-11, six months before 9-11. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was scary how many details they had right, too. That's something I haven't seen in a while. Is the lone gunman pilot best episode of the series in my opinion? But they put that out on DVD, didn't they? Yeah, and they actually put out a disclaimer that some of the events depicted in this series may be disturbing to some people. They have that on the cover of the DVD. You people are way too oversensitive. God, I was so much calmer back in our early episodes, wasn't I? I can't believe what my voice sounded like before puberty. Wait a minute, I never, <laughs> I never heard that episode. That explains a lot. So Al-Qaeda were fans of the Lone Gunman. Absolutely. You, you, <laughs> are, are you saying you never saw when Rupert Murdoch tried to connect that, even though Lone Gunman was on Fox? <laughs> you never saw that? Damn, man. <laughs> just damn. And, are, you, are you being serious? Because I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm totally serious. I don't know. <laughs> that. The problem right there is that sounds like something that would actually happen. <laughs> Sadly <laughs> enough, trying to connect, trying to connect, the, connect it to Al Qaeda. Yet it's his own show. He produced the show. It was a Fox show. It would be like blaming him himself for Al Qaeda and how much he hates Al Qaeda. He's a very old man, though. He would try to pass it off on there, but he would probably be thinking it was an NBC show. And then when they reminded him it was Fox. Oops, can't talk about this now. The ratings were so low, it could have been an NBC show. Yeah. Nobody watches NBC. Good God. I remember that weird turn. NBC was like the fourth, the, being the fourth, uh, the fourth highest rated network. channel. Yeah, highest rated network. And, and CBS being number one for a while. It was must-see TV that, that really rocketed them up there, but it's just... Oh, yeah, then Friends ended, Seinfeld ended. No one, everyone just stopped watching ER. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and they, then they put, Will, they put Will and Grace on there. That was a terrible show, no matter what day they put it on. But Brad, but then you also you had ABC really being the only network that would take any chances on shows like China Beach and Max Headroom, yeah. and one of our favorite shows, Twin Peaks. The most that I remembered from Twin Peaks, I mean, I watched it when it was on. That was you know twenty years ago. I certainly watched it when it was on, but. Going back watching again, I mean, I what I remember the most from it is the pilot because I've seen the pilot quite a few times because mm -hmm. our video store had it. Well, that first, was like that was all they had was that that two hour pilot, and they also had like Fire Walk with Me. But which pilot? The one with the, the ending or the one that's the actual pilot? The one that had the ending where it was like thirty years later, and he's there with uh, the the dude speaking backwards and everything, and Laura Palmer walks out, and Kyle McLaughlin, yeah, is like 30 years older. Yeah, that that's the international cut. 
they didn't know how it would sell overseas, so they wanted to be able to release the pilot as just a movie. And it, it, we, we were talking about this. Me and me and my buddies were talking about this the other day. That so let, did that scene ever pop up in the? No, it didn't. As, as far as oh. I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, the entire end of that pilot, I'm going to call it a movie, was wow. only shot for that and that specifically. Because if you think about it, when you watch the series, it's a different killer in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So um, it, it, that it, doesn't fit in continuity. For some reason, like I, because that's, I watched that on video quite a few times, and my friend Sarah was asking me, when does that character pop up who speaks backwards, everything in that scene? And I, I just didn't remember that that wasn't in uh, the televised version. They did release the other episodes, though. My wife bought me the complete series box set on VHS back in 97. Right, because didn't it have like one of those, uh, you know, when they would release like a box set on VHS and there would be like one picture sprawled across each tape. Yep, exactly. And yeah. the only thing that was angered me about this was they crammed four episodes onto a tape, so it was all SLP. Oh, yeah. So th- there were definite tracking issues. Oh. I And even when they, uh, did they ever finally release a season one version of that on DVD that's got the pilot in it? Season one, no. The complete series, yes. Okay. Okay. That was one. Th- that was one of the reasons why I didn't really want to buy the first season on DVD. I wanted the pilot to go along with it. Um, I got the pilot for three dollars off Amazon off a Region Zero official DVD. It was a European oh. DVD, but it was Region Zero NTSC. Nice. So they did release the pilot separately, and it was the correct pilot, not yeah. the one with the uh, skewed ending. My God, Brad, did you always have something in your mouth in those old episodes? I was probably smoking. Oh, so you can't even not smoke for an hour while we do this show? I can now. Back then, uh, probably not. Uh, I was I was probably smoking or something like that. But what we're thinking about that is uh, when I showed Jillian Twin Peaks, because they put Twin Peaks on the, uh, the Instant Watch on Netflix, and I showed it to her not too long ago, and the scene that we're talking about there, the, the, that, that final scene that was in the international version of the pilot, is in one of the episodes when you watch them when you watch them on the uh, how they have it on the uh, on the net on Netflix it pops up halfway through the first season it's somewhere it, it pops up not obviously not in the pilot but it pops up somewhere like halfway or most of, most of the way through the uh doesn't uh, doesn't the original pilot the one we were talking about there isn't Jacques Renault the killer in that one Instead of, and I'm sorry, it's a 20-year-old-plus series. I don't care if I'm ruining a plot twist. Instead of Leland Palmer being possessed by Bob being the killer. Uh, the pilot version that I saw that I remember the most showed the uh, the Laura Palmer's mother sees uh, Bob behind the uh, behind the bed, and it just cuts out. It, and it just cuts out that. End. In fact, I, in fact, I don't think that scene was in the pilot on the DVD version. Both of those scenes they'll pop up later on into the series. After our little discussion of Twin Peaks. A couple episodes later, we talked about Rare TV on VHS, where I kind of was bragging about my collection. And here's Brad and I talking about Rare TV on video. been trying to hunt down a lot of different short-lived shows like that. I came into a copy of, uh, remember Hotel Room? Uh, the David Lynch one? Yeah. Show, to... Showtime, wasn't it? Or it was on Showtime, wasn't it? Showtime or HBO. One of the two, yeah. I've, I've got a VHS screener of the two-hour pilot. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, I, I, as far as I'm aware, that's the only time it was ever put out on video. I think it was. I don't think any yeah, it, it was the only copy of it that I could find. Yeah, that's what bugs me is back in the VHS era, all they would usually put out was either the pilot of a TV show on video or any two-hour episode that they could edit together and claim it was a movie. On a quick side note, guys, I just got a VHS for a movie called Miami Horror from 1985. Oh, yeah? It's such a blatant Miami Vice ripoff. Even the logo is the same font as Miami Vice. Have you, wa- have you watched the movie? No, I just literally got it yesterday, so I haven't had a chance yet. It's one of those Italian movies that was oh, shot man. with no sound, but actually shot in Miami. There you go. So I know it's going to have dubbing issues. I actually do have a copy of the, I, uh, of the pilot for Hawaiian Heat. I don't have the rest of the episodes, but I do have the pilot now. I'll see if I can find more of the uh, Hawaii stuff for you, too. Nice. And just for the hell of it, I might throw in a Baywatch Hawaii for you. <laughs> Perfect. Just to torture your ass. 
<laughs> Make it Baywatch Nights. That'll be good. I like that. <laughs> Didn't I send you a bunch of Baywatch Nights already? Hey, you sent Lupa Baywatch Nights. I thought I sent you some Baywatch Nights I think too. I got any Bay- I don't think I got any Baywatch Nights. Oh, okay. Maybe uh, I, maybe I did just send them to Lupa. Damn. I'll, I'll have to double. I'll, I'll double check downstairs. I don't think I got any Baywatch. I don't think I got any Baywatch Nights. I, I know I meant to send them to you. I, I, I know I did send you something you still got to do on DVD or Hell, and that yeah. is how to beat Nintendo games. Yeah, that that's what you sent. That's what you sent me because I knew you sent me. I knew you had sent me a series, like a whole series of, of something. I, um, I you need to do those on DVD or Hell, man. You do. Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> because I I think it'll be funny just watching you torture yourself with it. You and I were both big fans of Deadwood, and we had a nice little discussion about Deadwood once. Yeah. That's one thing that I've noticed a lot with shows that David Milch was part of. Like, did you watch Deadwood? Oh, I loved Deadwood. Oh, man, Deadwood's just great. But um, what's his face? Who was uh, the, the the guy who was the bad guy in the remake of Last House? Uh, um, he, he was he was the the the, ba- the evil Terminator on Sarah Connor too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly who you're talking about, but his name is escaping me at the moment. When he was. Uh, the man who shot Wild Bill in the first season of Deadwood, and then in the second season, he was that that crazed serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Deadwood is one that that show really angers me by the fact that we're not getting any closure on it. And they teased us with saying there'd be like two movies or something like that. Yeah, and then all the actors moved on. Timothy Oliphant's really good in uh, Justified, though. Yeah, I d- I did ca- I did catch an episode of that because I I really do like Timothy Oliphant. I like Timothy Oliphant a lot, except when he's going up against Bruce Willis. He was ter- <laughs> he was terrible in Live Free or Die Hard. It it was one of those deals where I probably would have liked that villain a lot better if you weren't automatically comparing him to Jeremy Irons or Bill Sadler or Alan Rickman. Speaking of that. I also have a clip here where we discuss Live Free or Die Hard, and then somehow we go into The Hangover. Garrett Delahunt's the actor we were thinking of. That's it. He can be brutally evil Oh yeah. when, yeah. when he wants to. He's a good actor. Yeah, and he's he's one of those criminally he, underused like actors. He was. They had him play Krug in the remake of Last House. See, I've never seen the remake. Honestly, I wasn't that big of a fan of the original. And I've, I've heard the remake is just a celebration of sex and violence, and it's just not my thing. I don't know if I go so far as to say that. I mean, if you, it's no more a celebration of violence than any other movie that's got violence and sex in it. It's an exploitation film. I actually, I, I, I'm, I've always kind of been with you on the original Last House on the left. I like it okay. It's got good performances in it, but it's uneven as hell. The uh, the remake I thought was paced a lot better. It didn't have the stupid comedy in it. It didn't have those sheriffs. It didn't have it didn't have any of that. It was it was paced a lot better. It really was really was a straightforward uh, revenge movie, rape revenge movie. I I liked it. He was he was really good in it. Let's see what a year ago you and I had to say about Live Free or Die Hard and my hatred for The Hangover. I like uh, th- that's a movie that I liked better the second time I saw it, because the second time I saw it, I saw the unrated version okay. that, that didn't look like it was, which it, it was. A TV cut. cut. But yeah, like it, it, that movie was released to theaters as a TV cut. Speaking of unrated, I just saw The Hangover last night. Mm. I hated it. I like The Hangover. I, I, I just could not understand why everyone thought this was so funny. I enjoyed I just, it. I uh, uh, I I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I just I didn't like it, and I've been told that I saw the better cut, the the R-rated cut. I've heard the unrated cut adds too many pointless scenes that add nothing to the movie. I don't know what. I I think that the only scene is the unrated cut because I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it when it first hit video, and I'm pretty sure I probably mm-hmm. saw the. I, I'm pretty sure I probably saw the the unrated cut. I I can't remember what. To what was like? I I don't know what 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 possibly was cut out of it. Well, see, but sometimes unrated doesn't mean they added dirty stuff. It just oh, means, it hardly ever means that. Because <laughs> I remember when I saw a Pitch Black unrated cut, I'm like, oh, awesome! Yeah, all it was was some character scenes, and I was happy for that because it did flesh out some stuff that I enjoyed finding out about. But I was expecting when it because the unrated cut, there'd be more gore. 
they overuse that term anyway like how something that would be released released in theaters uh is a PG-13 and then on video unrated it's not unrated it's just R well and then i still have not changed my stance on the on the hangover i still do not like that movie well, hey, i don't understand here's the it. ones i i like the movie but now that i know you a lot better now and i know your taste a lot better now why would you watch the hangover what fraction of you actually thought that there was a slight percentage that you might like that movie <laughs> and why are you were you so shocked so shocked that you didn't like it. <laughs> because I, it's the same thing that happened with Scream when that first came out. Everybody telling me this is a groundbreaking movie, you know, this movie's going to change the way movies are made in the 90s for Scream and in the 2000s for The Hangover. And Everybody. I did not hear one dissenting opinion about this movie sucking. So right. I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I watched it, and I'm just like, Oh, this was painful. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, okay, I I fell for this. I fell for the scream thing too. I don't feel so bad now if you fell for the scream thing too. Oh, oh, yeah. I went to go. Yeah, that, that, what, exactly. What you just said about scream is why I went to go see it. Is because I heard everyone say. I heard everyone say that. I probably would have seen it anyway because it's a slasher movie, and I go see the. I I go see those. But it but it should be so obvious to you that you wouldn't have liked the Hangover. No one went to the hangover and said, yo, Josh, this movie's going to change the face of horror. <laughs> well, well, and this is what I don't understand. Wait, who says that the hangover was groundbreaking, that was going to change well, the face of the hangover? Uh, the, 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 there were some critics that said with the level, how they pushed what they could get away with in an R rating, that that was now going to change how Hollywood comedies are made. There were some critics who, I mean, that was a very, and I, I do like the movie, but it, it, it was a very highly acclaimed comedy. I maybe saw a couple of people say that it was some kind of groundbreaking comedy. I don't, I don't think, I don't think quite to the extent that people were hailing Scream for in quote unquote changing the face of the slasher movie. I don't think there were quite as many people saying that about comedy. People said that people said the same thing about scream in regards in regards to horror with that with that being said the hangover it was a it was a it was a pretty highly acclaimed movie yeah i liked it, it more so fun. than the second one yeah <laughs> i have not I, seen that okay brad if i hated the first one will i hate the second one even more well yeah it's a new movie <laughs> well, i've heard it's the same movie, movie all <laughs> it's, over it's a new movie of course you're gonna hate it Hey, 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 I like some new movies, so don't you give me that crap. Hey, hey re-releases don't count. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Hey, I loved Hunter Prey. That movie's only a year and a half old. I didn't I did see Hunter Prey. You should. It, that one's really good. And the fact that I've said that means everyone else is going to hate it now. Since, since, <laughs> since I loved it. Asshats. Um. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that would be kind of funny if you like the Hangover Part Two. <laughs> it's the same freaking movie. It as is the first it one. Is the same it's movie. the same movie. They just made the first movie again, and they put it in Bangkok. Which is, according to Joe Bob Briggs, what a true sequel should be: making the same movie over again. That's why he says he hated Halloween Three so much. How dare they try to bring originality and something new to this franchise? There's a, there's a difference between following a formula, you know what I mean? Yeah. Following a formula of a certain series of movies, and just it, it, yeah, like as opposed to just making the same movie yeah, again. That was, that was pretty blatant. Yeah. All right. Now remember at the beginning when I did the Adam and Eve promo and I did the whole thing without gimping it up. Normally I do not gimp up the Adam and Eve promo. Normally whenever I give it to Jared, he does. The one time he didn't, do you guys remember that one time he didn't, he still did. All right, so I'm going to let Jared do the Adam and Eve promo this week. Jared, just please, we've gone over this enough. Can you get it right once? Okay, I, I think I can. Let me let me give this a shot. Okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to adamandsteve.com right now and enter the promo code DRONE, you will get 50% off one item. Go on. You will get... Almost there. <laughs> you will get three DVDs. You'll also get a mystery gift, and you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's if you go to adamandsteve.com and use the promo code DROME. Where do they go again, Jared? Adamandsteve.com. Jesus, the one time you get all the f 
details right, you f*** up the website? Adam and Eve. Eve, oh, it's for men and women. I said Adam and Steve. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'll bet that's an easy mistake for you to make. <laughs> Gotta keep in mind, this is an old clip. What was it, two weeks ago you actually got it right, Jared? I did. Something like that? I did. We got so much free stuff from adamandsteve.com. Oh, we did. Un unfortunately, none of it was anything that I had any interest in. So much gay stuff. <laughs> no, no, when you, when you get some drinks in you, it, some of it comes in handy. <laughs> I'm sure it does come in handy. You can just see now Brad wearing the assless chaps. Oh, believe me, there were no hands involved. <laughs> do, do fists count as hands? <laughs> No, see, I'm actually surprised that the two of you are actually in the same room together after the, oh, how do I put it, the argument you guys got into over... We that, have to bring this up. Yes, unfortunately, it's, it, it is our year-end show, so I'm going to bring up the time. You two basically got into a fist fight over, of all things, My Little Pony the movie. What the hell was it about that? Listen to the clip again and then tell me what, what it was about this. Look, all I'm saying is that My Little Pony, the movie, was really well done. There was, there was good voice work, good animation. I, I just don't see why it, anybody would hate on it. Is that all you're saying? I think you should elaborate more on that. Saying that movie has artistic merit is like saying that my niece who drew the little coloring thing on my fridge is Rembrandt. Well, of course it's got uh, artistic merit. I mean, think of all the think of all the hard work that the actors went through, that the animators went through. It was it was really it was it was a masterpiece. Oh yeah, you know what else took hard work? The Holocaust. Oh oh, there you go, breaking Godwin's law, dude. That's real classy. What does Godfrey Ho's law have anything to do with this? All I'm saying is that I have a dick. Therefore, I hate My Little Pony. Apparently, you have a vagina, so go figure you like it. Oh, I'll show you who has a vagina. You jerking me off is not helping your case. So I'm surprised after that the two of you were in the same room together. We actually get recorded separately nowadays. No, because I can hear the buzz from Jared's mic. Oh, and by the way, this is our one-year anniversary show, and I just figured out how to remove that buzz. I'm stupid. Figure out how to remove that buzz. You, you just drink lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually found out in my editing program I can highlight a certain piece of noise and then click remove all and it will take out that buzz from underneath Jared's mic. We're one year in and I figure that out now. I'm a bad editor. Well, now, you're, now your microphone doesn't need this clown nose anymore. <laughs> Jared's got a clown. He's using a, a clown nose as a muffler on his microphone. For, for a windscreen, yeah. He also uses it to cheer up sick children. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's heartwarming, but it's really not very funny. <laughs> well, see, he, he, here, now here's the thing. Should I go back through the other 52 episodes and use this new button that I just discovered to take out Jared's microphone noise from all the previous episodes and then re-upload them clean? If it doesn't involve me having to change the links on my page, okay. <laughs> hey, you lazy <laughs> you. I'm very lazy. Well, and then we, yeah, we do got to bring up the time we got hacked. I got hacked, and then it still affected your site. Well, yeah, in the sense that I had to, had to go through and change all the links, which, even though there was... God, I had how many of 40, 50 episodes at the time or something like that? It, it didn't take, it didn't really take all that long. See, I had to change all the links on all three of my shows, so I had hundreds to oh, change yeah. one at a time on my page. Not me, I just had, I just had about 40 or 50 or so. It, it probably didn't take any longer than a half hour. I'm surprised you didn't have Dolly Jillian do it. Have Jillian do it? Dude, you've seen how angry she gets. <laughs> well, well, that depends. Are we talking Jillian or Dolly? There's a difference. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so not editing that out. <laughs> there, there is a difference. <laughs> okay, if if anyone doubts that there's a difference, listen to the Jillian that does the WTF show with me and the Jillian Brad portrays. They're not the same person. <laughs> Jillian was looking through the script for the Christmas one, like, what? 
Why did you write me as uber crazy religious? Everyone's going to think I'm like a religious zealot now. Like, <laughs> no, they won't, honey. Then they'll also believe that the Rob can really talk. <laughs> and that I'm really a neo-Nazi. Mm -hmm. hey, Brad, did you see what's been going on with her on Facebook today? She was telling me about it. She told me about it when she left. She was like, she said something like, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I play it. I do the religious thing on there. And now I say Merry Christmas. And people are saying like, oh, have you put the Christ back in Christmas or something like that? And she used to say like, happy holidays. And they're really? like, excuse me, don't you need Christmas or something <laughs> like that? Like they're obviously just. They're probably just making references to the episode. Well, they are. Anyone actually thinks she's like that? Well, I I will take credit. I'm the one that started that. She she, she said oh, she, she said Merry Xmas, and my comment was Dolly would have said Christmas. <laughs> and then everyone else jumped on that, and she she emails me. I told Brad this was going to happen. Nice. So you did do that to her, Brad. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets a little. Everyone gets a little weird around the holidays. <laughs> so here, let's take a listen to this, and I, I want your reaction now that you've had time to reflect. Brad, all I'm saying is you picked up on all the symbolism in Transformers, didn't you? I mean, the fact that they have to hide to live in society, it just shows how repressive society is to anyone or anything that's different to it. I mean, the man is a master at subtlety and symbolism. Yeah, I can agree that especially uh you know he clearly paints a portrait of how as a society how racist we are well i'll i'll definitely i'll, I'll definitely say that the way that he portrays like women and having like like uh, megan fox uh, sprawl you know the that that bike you know <clears throat> that's empowering to women and and not really subjective She's taking control of her own sexuality, exactly. And then having Shia LaBeouf's parents get all wasted on the pot brownie shows the danger of drugs in the elderly. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, you don't know if middle-aged people can handle that much THC. Well, and then... I know, personally, I if we're talking in terms of, like, say, skids and mud flap, I personally go to sleep every night praying that we're going to have another Antan Moreland. Well, and then also, not even Transformers. Look at the symbolism in The Rock. I mean, this guy is like a new Terrence Malick. Oh, I know. Oh, God. I'm, Having The Rock is all about isolationists and how we let our fears grip us. And, I mean, it, there is just so much depth there, and I don't understand why mainstream America can't see this. Exactly. And like Terrence Malick. He knows where to point the camera, so that automatically means he's good. He's still not quite as good as Uwe Boll. I mean, Uwe is the master, but Michael Bay is really riding his coattails, I believe. Oh, personally, I think that goes without saying. Do, do you think that Uwe has now overtaken Michael Bay in being a great filmmaker, or do you still think, when we had this discussion, that Michael Bay was king uh, I think that we are all smoking from the same whenever we recorded that so you do know just, we're in different just, states right just give me just give me some of that sweet smoke we inhaled during that recording and i'm sure i could answer that question <laughs> so are you saying you distance yourself from the comments i just played i have them on tape so we know you said them anyone can do my voice <laughs> jared you do a really great brad uh thanks <laughs> You remember when you guys had to call me down after Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull came out and I started flipping out on George Lucas? I do remember that. That f piece of sh I don't know about you guys, but I am f sick of that goddamn bastard taking my childhood and f it in the ass. Hey, Josh, 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 Josh. No, no, you, no, you guys are not going to call me down on this. That f piece of sh George Lucas has raped my childhood too many times. Are you telling... Just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and hum out the cantina song. The f***ing space between spaces? Really? Easy does it. Steady boy, it's okay. F*** you, George Lucas! Everything newer than 95 sucks. I know, I know. Easy, easy does it. Okay, my, my, my anger has ebbed a little bit. I'll give you that. <laughs> my anger's ebbed a little bit. But I'm still really pissed at George Lucas over raping my childhood and then saying, call me tomorrow, we'll do it again. <laughs> I, I forgot. 
I forgot you said everything after 1995 sucks. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't have your damn cutoff date, Cinema Snob. <laughs> no, no, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Well, see, I actually got an I actually got an email the other day from a listener of Lost in the Static, and he must not listen to Radio Drum, because yeah. on that show I was complaining about how I don't like 2001: A Space Odyssey, and I think 2010 is a far superior film. Yeah. And he gave me this big thing about how obviously abstract symbolism is lost on me, and I just need big explosions and blockbuster movies to make me happy. My response okay. was, "Do you ever listen to Radio Drum?" <laughs> You just described the parallel Bizarro World me, maybe. Abstract cinema is like anything else. When it's done well, it's done well. Times it is, times it isn't. I don't. I think David Lynch does it incredibly well. I think Terrence Malick is terrible at it. And I think 2001 is a boring, boring two hours of my life I want back. See, and I, and I, I, I like 2001, all right, but I, I do also love 2010. Out of the two, I think 2010 is the superior film. I, I'm, I'm guessing, of course, that the uh, the writers of Robot Chicken agree with you. Did you see that sketch that I, I, I'm pretty sure I told you about that? They take 2001 A Space Odyssey, but they superimpose this topless porn model, like, over the top of it. It's, it's hilarious. Ha ha. It's uh -huh. a sketch that where they're talking about how, like, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's one of the most highly acclaimed films of all time. <laughs> and it's also really boring. Yeah. Well, okay. We know how to make this better. Movies! <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much. They're reenacting, they're, they're redoing scenes from it, but adding, like, a topless woman in all of the shots. Yeah. I'd watch that version. <laughs> well, okay, we've got ten minutes left. In all seriousness, this being our one-year anniversary show, you guys surprised we made it to one year? Or are, are you just like, okay, it's finally here, let's get to year two? I'm not surprised that it's gone on for a year. I mean, I didn't go into it thinking this was only going to be something that was going to last six or seven episodes. So I knew we would last longer than USA Coupling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, the original Radio Drum lasted, lasted longer than USA Coupling. <laughs> if we're counting... if if we're counting aired episodes, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you really see yourself a year later having the show with the popularity that it does have, or did you just think this would be like some little side gig that you just do now and then as just something to take up space on your site? Honestly, no, no I, no, I, no, I, uh, I, I tend not to, I tend not to think that far ahead, really. No matter what show I start doing, whether it's this, whether it's Dan, whether it's whether it's any of the other ones. I try not to look too far ahead in advance about it. Just kind of go along with it and just kind of, you know. Well, Dan is kind of a bad example because the fans were begging for Dan. The fans yeah, but were if, like, it, if it went over if it went over really, really bad and I didn't like it and I didn't like it I or just didn't have the inspiration to write any more, um, write any more of them I, 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 I wouldn't have done it. Is that what happened with Space Lancer Steve? Why we've never seen him pop up again? That was I, I know exactly what's going to happen with Space Lancer Steve. I forget what, what I, that was. That was actually a character Link card in, in me and his crossover. He had uh, a he had a character for me in it called Space Lancer Steve, and and I I I, I, I know what's going to be done with that character. <laughs> um, I I can't really say anything about it, but but no and no in regards to this, like no, I went about it like any of the other ones, you know. I just, I, I kind of, I kind of do these things, I guess, in the moment's the right word? I don't know, I don't know, but I don't, I don't look very, I don't look far ahead in advance. I kind of go along with things as they, as they come. Are you proud, are you proud of the popularity the series has I, received? I, I, would, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't proud of the show. Well, no, no, no I, I didn't mean of the show, I said of the popularity. I mean, did oh, you, very, did you ever see the show so. taking like, even, off? Like, even that, like, even that right there, I can't say one way or the other that that surprises me or doesn't surprise me. I'm glad the popularity got as big, as big as it did, but that's something that I don't really, th that's something that I don't really think about a lot, something I don't predict a lot, so it didn't really surprise me and it doesn't surprise me, you know? Because, way. okay, right now, we are the third highest rated show on Jackalope. And mm -hmm. I'm saying next year, I want to be the second. So I'm saying Why to the, the second. What's that? Why stop the second? 
because we're never going to overtake Nightwatch, which gets about 14 million listens a week because he's syndicated all over the world on real radio stations. We're never, uh-huh. we're never going to overtake Nightwatch. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it could happen. XM Radio, look us up. <laughs> you mean serious? That too. What I want is, guys, if you listen to this show and you enjoy it, even if you hate me, which I get a lot of hate mail that people love Brad and Jared and they can't stand me, fine with that. Oh, I, I, still I, listening. I know. I'm fine with that. If you guys like this show, go to your friends. Spread this around. Post it around. We want more listeners. Yes, the Adam and Eve money is nice. And, you know, I'm sure Brad and Jared appreciate the Adam and Eve money as well as a nice little side benefit of this. Yes, yes, yes. But we, we want the ratings to go up. I would love the way Delamorte blew a server when Michael Rooker was on. I would love a non-guest appearance on this show to actually blow a Jackalope server up. That would be great. So th- that's my goal next year, to kill a jackalope server with our listeners. <laughs> I'm not so sure Todd's going to be happy with me saying that, though. <laughs> Josh, but get in my office! You do know he and I are in different states, too, right? Okay, <laughs> drive to my office! <laughs> Meet me on Skype! <laughs> but, Jared, I wanted to ask you, since you joined the show, were you surprised at the popularity, or were you surprised it lasted this long? Um, I, uh, you know, I don't really know how to answer that because I, I remember, uh, Brad coming up to me, uh, a couple, you, you know, I remember Brad coming up to me initially saying, oh, hey dude, we should do a, uh, um, an internet radio show. And I go, I go, yeah, that would be great. And, uh, we, we tried to start a radio drone from, from the, a few original episodes. Whenever we noticed that we weren't really giving it, uh, we weren't really getting it off the ground, not really producing a whole lot of episodes. I, re- I remember a few months later, he coming up to me and saying, Oh, hey, I, I passed this on to, uh, to this guy. And I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. I guess that, that, uh, I guess that works. I mean, we weren't really doing much with it. They weren't really doing anything with it. It was something that was created at the time. It was created. It was when I still was on YouTube yeah. when we when we at per, when we at first created the show because I wanted something at the time that I could actually be myself on yeah. because at the, at that time anyone only knew me as the snob character and a lot of people thought that that was just me that that was just myself in that because it was the only show I had it was the only was the only video that I had online so I wanted something to show that to show that like no that's that's not me here's Here's actually what my personality, yeah. what my taste is. Yeah. And then I think we did like two or three episodes, and it was around there that YouTube had YouTube had suspended my account, and then I created my own website, and then on my own site I can be myself on with the with the vlogs and everything. So that's sort of why we never really thought about radio drum all that much. Right. So whenever, so whenever he came came to me and and said that this is this new, there, uh, this is the new format and everything, I said, well, okay, that'd be cool. Uh, am I still in it? And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just come. Let me just uh, see whenever I can get you on. And and uh, and now here we are. And I gotta say that this it was a really smart move because I think with the two of us, I don't think that we could have made it as popular as it is now. We wouldn't have been able to do it as frequently. Yeah, like if at all because I would have been focused on other shows I'm doing, other videos I'm doing. We just wouldn't have been able to do we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had the uh the discipline to do it as frequently. Right. right. And, and I, I I might not be a great co host, but I'm a pretty decent producer when it comes to cracking the whip on you guys. No, you're a great co host. Honestly, yeah, that that that's actually why this works so well is because is because no matter what we're talking about, I mean yeah there like any other day with me. Some days I'm talkative. Some days, like today, I'm stuttery because I was drinking heavily a couple <laughs> nights ago. So right. I am a little stuttery. And some days I am talkative and some days I'm not. But regardless of that, having you here, and one thing that, that you are the best at is keeping the flow of the show going. Right, right. <laughs> There'll be times I'll be on WoW and, and I'll have a Facebook message Hey, I'm here. Are you coming? And and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Hold on, you know. I- well, because I, I I gotta say, I think Jared was a great addition to the show. Because if it had stayed just you and I, Brad, I think we would have run out of things to talk about, or it would have been just like t- like two movie nerds talking over the head of your average listener. 
Jared brings. So now we got Jared here to talk over his head. <laughs> right. But, but, but I also think. You really do. You do that more often than you think. Which is exactly why Jared's perfect. And I don't mean this in an insulting way, Jared. But you having not seen a lot of these movies and not being as familiar with the things that Brad and I talk about, you kind of act as a, as a stand-in for the audience. And you are kind of the everyman who asks the questions like, is that a real movie? Where Brad and I would never even think about some of the insane plots we talk about, whether they're real films or not. Right. <laughs> because I get a lot of letters from people all over the world that say, I've never even heard of that movie you and Brad and Jared were talking about last night. Now I'm going to check it out. So it's really, it's really cool when you get a letter like that. It is. Nice. So, all right, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. And I just want to say it's been a great year. And Absolutely. Indeed. And we will be back next week for year two. Night. And the best. Well, wait. Oh, All right. What? 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 You're going to cut it off. I was going to say we should also mention that, uh, that whenever these listeners hear this, it will be a few days before New Year's. Uh, New Year's. So I would like to wish our listeners a happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year. Happy 2012. Going to see the movie. Happy New Year. <laughs> you mean New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. Good night. <laughs> Lucifer Alpha, a powerful biological weapon under secret development there, is released into the atmosphere, creating a deadly biohazard. Carried by the trade winds, Lucifer Alpha spreads throughout Eastern Europe and Eurasia, destroying 80% of the populace. Half of the world's people die. The greatest biohazard in history later becomes known simply as the Catastrophe. But at this time, who could have possibly imagined that the ultimate biohazard wouldn't occur for another half century? Fifty years later, mankind faces its greatest crisis. The appearance of a mysterious android life form. Its purpose and origin are unknown. Is it a new form of weapon? Or perhaps an invasion from some other world. They appear during winter killing humans and infiltrating society by taking the place of their victims. Employing an artificial skin, they can sweat and even bleed. Part organic, part machine, they're almost impossible to distinguish from those they kill. As they steal their victims' bodies in order to take their place, these mysterious invaders become known as Snatchers. <laughs>